Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Top, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthie. Holden, we're coming a little bit early this week because 24 hours from now, I will be in Wyoming. Exciting. Mm-hmm. And on your little honeymoon. Oh, yeah, you know, Grand Teton National Park in a little place you might have heard of called Yellowstone. Very mm-hmm. excited about it. Leaving this Saturday, getting back Sunday. No, it's not a one-day honeymoon. It's the next week, Saturday, eight total days. So we're looking forward to it. Poor Emily has to be with me for eight days straight, though. Yeah. That's going to be tough. I bet she's excited to spend some of that watching The Gray Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There we go. Now, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of, bam, Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, uh, the Season 3 finale of The Boys, and Thor Love and Thunder. Looking forward to it, Holden. Let's dive right in. That one movie podcast. <laughs> But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Let's do the Toms. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Let's get to it, Holden. We have a trailer this week, Amsterdam. Yes. So um, I remember I had brought this up just kind of randomly before because when I, I when I was kind of looking at the slate of movies, I saw this one and there wasn't a trailer or anything, but the cast really intrigued me. So I had mentioned it. And now the trailer's out. Uh, what do you think of the trailer, Jimmy? It looks like a good time. I mean, good thing this movie's not coming out the same day as Oppenheimer and Barbie because then all of Hollywood would be in these three movies. Yeah. <laughs> but it is obviously stacked. It's from the director of Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it's called? Forget the director's name. So if you could throw that in there, Holden. Uh, David O. Russell, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously established director. <laughs> I've not seen either of those movies, but I've heard good things so I really like Silver Linings Playbook. I haven't seen American Hustle, though. I believe they're both Best Picture nominees, correct? Yeah, yeah, they are. All right, uh, but we got a bunch of people in this. You got Margot Robbie. You got John David Washington. You got Christian Bale. They're your big three. That's a, yeah. that's a good big three to have. That could take you to the NBA Finals, all right? Yeah. Uh, but then you Christian got... Bale, Christian Bale's looking pretty silly. I like yeah. his glass eye. Oh yeah, Crazy he's hair. committed though. You know, he's like he's kind of he was kind of channeling the prestige. You know, I forget his character's name yeah, okay. in that, but I, I got some prestige vibes from him in this. Uh, I sure. like that Christian Bale totally uh, always sells out for his performance. I think I saw a YouTube comment was like, uh, "Wow, it it just goes to show the commitment of Christian Bale that he took out his own eye for his <laughs> for this role." Um, making uh, making uh, light of the observation that Christian Bale at least used to very dramatically change his body to fit his roles, uh, probably yeah. a little unnecessarily. So I think he kind of quit doing that. Um, but 
Regardless, Holden, we got other people in this cast. We got Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. Anya yeah. Taylor Joy, yeah. other people. I'm blanking now. Uh, R- I, Rami Malek, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, <laughs> uh, Zoe Saldana, uh, yeah. Mike Myers, Mike Myers, Ma- yeah. Michael Shannon, uh, Timothy Oliphant, and uh, Taylor Swift. Yes, famous actor actress Taylor Swift. Well, she was in Cats. <laughs> So <laughs> forgot about that. Um, yeah, so obviously stacked cast. Where's Timothy Chalamet? Nowhere to be seen. Yeah, that's my question. Um, yeah, looks good. I think it. So it's a. It said that a lot of this actually happened in the trailer. I don't know anything about it, but if it's even somewhat true, who cares? It looks like a good time. Could just I, be a Fargo situation where they say it's true, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it just looks like, uh, oh, shoot, we're framed for this thing, but we got to convince people we're not doing this thing, but we're also getting up to shenanigans, and we're three good friends, and look at all these other people who are involved in these shenanigans time. That's what it looks like to me. I'm going to give it a Broca. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, Broca, I'm very interested. Doesn't give very much away aside from kind of them being three friends solving a mystery, so. And it takes place in the past. I don't The 1930s. 1930s. There we go. Very cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so in other news, uh, did you hear James Kahn passed away? No, I did uh, not. Actor James Kahn uh, passed away at age 82. Uh, he's a famous actor. Uh, he was in The Godfather, uh, Misery, Bottle Rocket, Thief, and uh, The Rain People, a bunch of various films. Uh, I will always know him most as uh, Buddy the Elf's dad. <laughs> I was going to say the elf. dad and elf. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but as far as the internet is, or as far as has been released, I don't think his his like cause of death is known at this time, you know, outside of his family or anything. But uh, very sad. I, I'm not like super familiar with a lot of his work, but he seems very accomplished, and the things I have seen him in, he is very good. Yeah, I did not realize he is the guy in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I never really realized who he was because i haven't seen a ton of his filmography but i never realized that dad and elf <laughs> is a character the godfather so there's that um yeah i mean uh how old was he 82 82 so that's a pretty good run there so good for james con it's <laughs> this is a headline from the new york post james con lived a full life sex with hookers drugs and the playboy mansion so what more could you ask for honestly um <laughs> There we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, James Kahn, I'll give him uh, Thomas two thumbs up Brokaw. Yeah, good um, it's good life that he lived. And he's 5'9", which is about the height I am. So that's oh, nice. For him too. So 5'9", people represent. Yes. Well, I'm 5'9 and a half, technically, so I like to round up to 5'10". So but yeah, you're a little taller than James Kahn. Yeah. You could have done The Godfather. Yeah, I, I really could have. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, born a few decades too late. Uh, anyway, James Cameron is, apparently may not direct Avatar 4 and 5, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. I mentioned this to you yesterday. Um, he had this uh, quote in an interview recently. Uh, the Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming. Uh, 
gee, yeah, that doesn't sound uh, true at all. <laughs> uh, I've got some other things I'm developing as well that are exciting. I think eventually over time, I don't know if that's after three or after four, I'll want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so I can go do some other stuff that I'm also interested in. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so I this is not a good sign mm-hmm. <laughs> to me over Avatar if you are losing interest in it. But, I mean, it's not a death sentence, okay? People can no. get bored with good things, too, you know? Yeah, you, I mean... You wouldn't want to watch the... I mean, most people are not going to watch their favorite TV show on loop, yeah. all right? If he's doing this, and th- like he said, all-consuming, you can imagine Avatar. It's been 13 years since the last <laughs> one. Um, you can imagine why he wouldn't want to do this for the next 10. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I mean, at the very least, I, I imagine he's written all of these, like, um, cause I mean, in previous instances, it seemed like he's had this story thought out and he did write the first one. I'm pretty sure he is the writer on two and three as well. Um, so I mean, at least maybe the story's all there. He just wants to work on other things which i don't blame him i'm guessing there is either an outline or like here's the broad sense of where i want to go yeah um he's also 67 so like (laughs) when these movies end he's gonna be like 75 to 80 Mm -hmm. like i i don't think i'd be wanting to do that (laughs) stuff either he probably wants to hop in one of his submarines and go explore again yeah, so. and or even like I mean, before he gets too old, probably has other films like he said that he wants to make. So, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> if I were sixty-seven, I'd probably not want to do any of this. So, <laughs> uh, in fact, he's almost sixty-eight. Turns sixty-eight in August. So, Jeez. yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's I, it's a Bergeron for me because. I mean, obviously, on one hand, it's disappointing that he's not going to do, like, what I guess potentially is his, like, magnum opus if it's a five-part series, <laughs> you know, a whole five-act structure. Um, but the other hand, like, do what you want to do and don't feel like you're tied down to this one franchise. And I'd like to see other cool stuff because I don't really care about the Avatar or Pandora universe, to be honest. Yes. Just wait until you see The Way of Water, Jimmy. The Way of Water. Yeah, he'll get reinvested. I hope so. I got. I can't wait to reinvest in my boy Jake Sully. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'll give this a Bergeron as well for similar reasons. Um, other news, Jimmy. Uh, Captain America Four, the one where Falcon's going to be the Captain America. That's the official <laughs> title. Um, but it's going to be directed by a uh, Julius Ona, who. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately i was the director of the cloverfield paradox cloverfield paradox i'm trying to remember everything that happened that one that one was i didn't hate that one as much as everybody else did i think but it wasn't good yeah it was we watched that together in your dorm room i remember that yeah i remember it was like oh the super bowl trailer oh it's out right now (laughs) you can watch it um and then it was like oh well i guess it wasn't very good too bad uh yeah captain uh, america four by the the cloverfield paradox person who who else what else have they done uh i'm not familiar with uh his other work uh apparently since the cloverfield paradox he had a movie come out called loose um l-u-c-e um 
which is apparently pretty good. I didn't really look too much into it, but um, yeah, so he has he has a good movie under his belt. We'll see. But he seems it seems like he's relatively new, especially to like Hollywood and stuff. You know what? Just be somewhat interesting. <laughs> Unlike Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So yeah. I am not excited about this movie, Elden, because I that series <laughs> did not do anything for me. No. Whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm gonna give this a Bergeron just mainly out of indifference more than anything else. Sure. Um I'll give it a Bombadil because I also like I'm I'm typically a Marvel fanatic, uh self proclaimed, but I'm not very excited for this. Yeah. All right. Um final piece of movie-related news. Uh, the Duffer Brothers, this kind of ties into a little bit to what we're going to be talking in a little and about Stranger Things. But the Duffer Brothers have opened up a, a new production studio called Upside Down Pictures. Uh, oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but it's apparently a new Netflix studio. Uh, but they've got a slate of upcoming projects they're going to be uh, working on, one of which is a Stranger Things spinoff. Uh, which is based on a story idea they have, but is going to be run by someone yet unannounced. Um, there is going to be a new live-action Death Note adaptation, uh, which is weird because Netflix already made a Death Note adaptation, uh, which was apparently really bad, so I guess they want another shot at it. I was going to say, the- didn't nobody like that? <laughs> yeah, it was apparently really bad. And Willem Dafoe was in it, I think. Um but uh, and then they're also making a Stephen King adaptation that they're producing alongside Steven Spielberg. So that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, but as as I don't think the Stephen King book they're adapting has been announced yet or anything. So not too many details on any of these, but kind of cool. They're getting some more work um, and some interesting projects to boot. What do you think, Jimmy? These guys kind of remind me of J.J. Abrams. Um, sure. In my opinion, J.J. Abrams has kind of fallen off a cliff in terms of the stuff he makes. He used to make things that were at least entertaining, and now I think he just doesn't make anything, or the things he makes are not very good. Um, So we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for these guys. I, I like them. I think they're very good at what they do. I think they know what kind of filmmakers they want to be, and they really don't care what other people think about it. And they they just have honed their craft, and uh, I'm excited for them. Hope it works out. I hope they deliver some great content. Hope they kind of get other people to kind of uh, grow as filmmakers too. I think J.J. Abrams tried to do that with his company Bad Robot. Mm-hmm. Mixed success. So we'll see what happens with the Duffer Brothers. I have confidence in them based on the quality of Stranger Things so far. So I, I will give them a broca. Uh, Netflix desperately needs these guys. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give it a Brokaw as well. Very exciting. Uh, was there any gaming news in the few days? Well, there was like a very brief God of War cinematic trailer thing. Oh, yeah. And the release date was confirmed. I did see yeah. that. September 9th. Um, next November. November 9th. Yeah, I, I get confused because I saw like the UK thing and it says September 11th. 
Mm. You know, it says 9-11, which is 11-9. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Why don't we just all do things the same way all around the world, Holden? (laughs) You would think that would make things simpler, especially when we speak the same language as other countries. Let's just figure it out Uh, because I get confused easily. Um, So, yes, November 9th. (laughs) I had to think through that one. November 9th. Yeah, exciting. Uh, still weird that we haven't gotten too much more extended gameplay, but hopefully that'll be happening soon. Yeah, that was weird that they announced it and they even like showed off the collector's editions of like the Yot- Yotnar or Yotnime or something edition. Do they have the box art? Um, there wasn't box art, but they showed off like a steel book and like the collector's edition stuff comes in like a, like one of those shrines looking things. It's like okay. a shrine. And then you get like the little Mjolnir, um, replica from the game. The guy who plays Thor was, it was part of the, uh, it was like Thor and then like the art director or something. And the guy okay. who plays Thor, um, he was very good at the he was like very charismatic and he's he had a really cool voice and i'm like oh, i think this guy's gonna do a good job okay, as thor exciting. in this game so i'm excited for that so i'll get that stuff a broca sure probably I won't be s- shelling out whatever 200 dollars or whatever the collector's edition is <laughs> yeah i didn't uh watch the cinematic or anything but i did see the release date so i'll give that a broca exciting it's cu- still coming out this year yes broca for me as well holden i think that's all the news this week all right all right. Uh, well, then, we should move on. Let's talk about Stranger Things first. All right. Let's talk about some Stranger Things. Season 4, Episodes 8 and 9, a.k.a. Volume 2, a.k.a. AKA the last two episodes of Season 4. <laughs> let's do it. Spoiler discussion. So if you haven't watched it, final warning, spoiler discussion starting now. Yeah, um, pretty crazy that Stranger Things, uh, these last two episodes, are longer than both the boys and Thor combined. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And probably but, all of Obi-Wan, if you took out the recaps and the credits. Yeah, honestly, you're probably right. Um, yeah, okay, so we have two episodes, uh, just kind of, like, we both liked um, the volume one quite a bit uh we are very excited to see where this goes um so i think we're a week late on this like a week and a half late but that's okay that's okay um what do you think of these two episodes after the uh cliffhanger that the last episode the episode seven left us on we're one week late holden they released one week ago today oh yeah so settle as of today yeah um I thought it was a strong finish to the season. I mean, I I thought they built it up really well. Holy smokes. <laughs> so, you know, like I think it's just cool that they said screw it. We're going to make like hour and a half long episodes, two and a half mm-hmm. hour long episodes and we're not going to split it up. This is our vision. We're going to do it this way and Netflix let them do it. I think I just think that concept is really cool. And honestly, like that, especially the two and a half hour long episode, like I did not feel the length really like it it was I mean, it was long, but I mean, two and a half hour long movies feel long typically. And this didn't feel like overbearing or anything. Yeah, I I mean, I I was always excited to see what was going to happen next. 
I thought the ending, like, I thought they could have ended it before they did. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I thought there was a lot of stuff that you could have just had at the beginning of the next season at the end of this one. Unless they yeah. do, like, a time jump or something. Who knows what they're going to do. Um, which, I guess, wouldn't make sense because the threat seems pretty immediate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was like... Yeah. And I saw that the Duffer brothers were, like, the the last episode of Stranger Things, like, the series finale, will have, like, a Return of the King-type ending. I was yeah. like... This kind of felt like a Return of the King type ending. Yeah. It kind of just well, went on and on and on. But, you know, that yeah. that's a nitpick. I Honestly, I thought that really this whole season was very strong. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I don't want to jump to... I was going to talk about a couple of fates of the characters that I, I liked or I, or I wish they wouldn't have, you know, had that fate. But oh, we, yeah. get we should that say later. we didn't say full spoilers, but we, we did say full spoilers. Hold on. Oh, we did. I okay. literally I said it twice. Well, before I just this. missed it. I just don't listen, Jimmy. So you know yeah. this. Yeah, no, Holden's not. He just tunes out whatever I say. <laughs> That's why I repeat half of what he says. By the way, uh, full spoilers, everyone. There we go. <laughs> yeah. What are your overall thoughts, Holden? Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I thought it was very good. I mean, I'm with you. Um, I did kind of flip through it again, um, before recording today, uh, like I like to do for these TV shows. Um, and it is like after the climax of the episode, it is literally like 30 minutes of the episode left. <laughs> like it, there is quite a bit. So when you, comparing it to return of the King is, is fairly accurate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think episode eight it, there's a lot of build-up obviously to the more climactic episode nine but there's still a lot of really exciting things that happen in that episode um i think like i i'm i'm still even though he's uh, i mean i getting into the fate of one of the characters um even though he's dead i'm like dr brenner to me is just a very intriguing character and i think he remained that way up until the end yeah uh, maybe He's really like he's very morally gray, which are, yeah. those are the characters I I really love because you think he's like an antagonist for a lot of the time, but he's he, he actually really does care about mm-hmm. Eleven. Yeah, it's just that his methods of getting about it are kind of iffy, and it like, and he doesn't fully see it that way either. Like he doesn't, he's not. F- like self-aware enough to like understand what he's doing to these kids i don't think like he kind of understands that he's giving them pain but it's like weird it's this and it's it's this weird thing that i keep like thinking about his like motivations and everything now and it's never fully explained nor do i think it will be but i think that's perfectly fine in this character's case because even upon rewatch it probably makes it like interesting i think he was like a a person who maybe had good intentions but also had bad intentions yeah (laughs) you know like and he kind of justified it and said well i do care about you but i also want to take advantage of you Mm -hmm. for my own gain um so yeah morally gray good uh good character uh i thought his whole arc this season was interesting um one of the strengths of this season and again using that plot device of this nina project to explore eleven's path or past, mm-hmm. excuse me, in a way that felt very organic and not just kind of shoehorned in flashbacks was a very creative decision 
by the Duffer brothers and, and one I think paid off tremendously and gave you yeah. the payoff with uh, Dr. Printer dying, um, getting sniped <laughs> from an helicopter. <laughs> and, uh, and he doesn't like, he doesn't get fully satisfied in the end. Like he, cause he wants, he wants Elva understand. Like he says, like his last words basically are say you understand. And L doesn't say that. <laughs> no. Um, um, it's a complicated relationship between Ellen mm-hmm. and Papa. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of the like Nevada stuff, I did want. Did you? <laughs> I saw this comparison online, and I was like, okay, I kind of see this. Um, the whole when the military like enter the base, uh, like I was seeing people say that felt very Darth Vader at the beginning of, of New Hope. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't think of that, but I can see that now. Yeah just ruthless yeah <laughs> wow all these people are just willing to die i guess i would be like a little bit more <laughs> i don't not just not just wanting to be cannon fodder well probably. yeah it's it's weird because it is both they're both like just sex of the government that like they're just they're just like not agreeing and so i don't know i yeah i would i would be getting out of there that's yikes yeah um yeah you had a lot of cool action i mean the the money shot where the helicopter crashes and explodes it looks incredible and like it's burning in the background in a lot of shots too i'm like did they just keep burning that thing or do they have to like creep redoing that or yeah visually later i mean it looked very convincing i i think a lot of this season's budget went to these last two episodes because i think the show in general looks good but i i mean it looks the best here in my opinion um and yeah that helicopter shot i don't know how much of that is practical and how much of it is cg but it looks flawless yeah i mean the explosion was real for sure yeah it yeah that definitely looked real but um hopefully they didn't kill a couple people but <laughs> no <laughs> um as far as we know they haven't but yeah i mean like you said for an episode that's kind of a setup for the finale it had a lot of exciting things going down mm mm-hmm trying to remember where the ble- the b plots or the other plots were going not necessarily the b plots. sure but. well so russia um they reunited and everything and they escaped the uh prison um and then they're kind of regrouping at that church or whatever yep um yeah uh russia still remains the least interesting one to me i think um and it probably I think it's the I think it is the worst part of these last two episodes because the way they they have this really weird justification for going back to the prison that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So yeah, I was a little confused. So it's like the hive mind element of the mm-hmm. everything from the upside down. But when they were harming it the stuff earlier it didn't really seem to harm Vecna all that much yeah i don't know well it's i mean i guess from their perspective like they don't even know vecna exists they just know there's Mm -hmm. a threat or whatever they probably think it's the mind flare or whatever coming back and we do know that like from the previous seasons that the mind flare itself is sometimes affected by getting attacked so that that's probably why they do this um but it's just i don't know it doesn't i to me their justification for going back and they're like oh yeah we'll just 
attack these like nearly indestructible beings <laughs> to like help the kids back to maybe help the kids back home I don't, I don't know it's a little iffy i mean i like the stuff you get a really cool sword the, the whole sword thing at the end with hopper is is kind of stupid but very where did the sword come from I think it was just one of the weapons that they were able to have. In okay, that that's prison that yard. makes sense. So I was like, where? The, I was I was like, where did he get the sword? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that whole segment is very cool. I mean it, it is reminiscent of like a knight fighting a dragon kind of thing in like D and D. That's cool, or just even fighting a demogorgon in D and D. But come on, Alden. <laughs> um. But yeah, just in general, that whole plot line, a little weaker, but I, it's not like I was bored or anything. It was still entertaining, at least from an action standpoint. I don't know. I think I, I honestly liked all the plot lines. I really okay. did. I enjoyed everyone because, I mean, like, I, I enjoyed Murray and Yuri, their dynamic. and Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember now the name of the other, the nice Russian guy who uh, mm-hmm. helps out Hopper. But I thought, like, I enjoyed that enough. Um, yeah, I'm maybe not I guess I Hopper Hopper in the prison was probably the the least interesting, but I think still a suitable arc, and and it made sense for his character, and he did grow, and it, and it, I thought it was well written. But I guess if you're mm-hmm. saying which one was the least interesting, I would say Hopper and his Russian friend in the prison was probably the least interesting part overall. Yeah of this yeah. season um i don't know anything else about hopper's storyline you want to talk about um not particularly for me i thought it was a nice touch how he's like i stole your your hairdo at the end to yeah <laughs> and how he's like i lost a lot of weight <laughs> but nice to see him and joyce reuniting they can finally go to that on their date to uh mm-hmm whatever that guy's name is that italian place yeah 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 the the reunions i i didn't realize until i was like skipping through uh it's just the last 30 minutes is just a lot of hugging really (laughs) it really is there's so much hugging happening uh which is very cute i mean a lot of it's very it was built up to all season and I think it's just really funny that like the, the literally no one knew any of the Russia stuff was happening aside from those in the Russia storyline. <laughs> yeah. So like they come back and obviously Joyce had told them they were on a business. She was on a business trip and you know, very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we finally we do get the um, like the Mike and Will storyline finally connects with L at the end of that uh, eighth episode. Um, which I think is good. I think that storyline really needed L to, to be, that was the other thing. That was probably the other least interesting part of the previous episodes, even though I like Argyle and all of that. Um, but then they get to help L and the whole sequence of L fighting Vecna and everything and, uh, going into the mines. What would you think of the mind stuff in the last episode, Jimmy? thought it was good i mean like i like how the characters like weren't able to reconnect physically so they had to figure out okay well how are we going to do this from a distance Mm -hmm. um so they had to kind of alter their plans plan b plan c plan d going on here all these things happening and all these different storylines converging into the climax where they're all i mean kind of trying to accomplish the same goal i guess for except for russia they don't exactly know what they're doing Mm -hmm. um 
but I like that aspect of it. Seeing Mike and Elle reconnect the whole scene with uh, Mike and Will, where Will oh, yeah. is like, you know, like, oh, you know, maybe like uh, this is how Elle feels about you. And it's definitely just how he feels about mm-hmm. Mike. Um, so that was very touching. Will is a very tragic character right now in, in Stranger yeah. Things. Really, the whole show. He's just, just gotten the <laughs> brunt end of everything. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, yeah, you mentioned his scenes. I, I think Will is strongest in these last two episodes. He's given more to do and he's really given a lot. He's able to show his acting chops here with those like couple monologues he has with Mike and Jonathan. Um, but yeah, I... If, I think I'll I have a prediction about Will for the next season. I'll wait until we're kind of towards the end of our discussion to mention. But all right, don't forget it. <laughs> I'll try <Don't>. not to. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little tease with no payoff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I thought Jonathan was probably the character that did the least this season. Did Jonathan mm-hmm. do anything really? <laughs> he drove the van sometimes, <laughs> and he got high at the beginning of the season. Yeah. He just he, seemed like a cardboard cutout along for the ride most of the season. Yeah. I, I just feel like the writers don't know what to do with him, which um makes me just want Nancy and Steve to get back together that much more. <laughs> yeah. Um I I almost thought like he was gonna die or something because I'm like, what are they gonna like you can't is he gonna break up with her? He didn't break up with her at the end or anything. Mm-mm. I mean, the one thing that I guess that was somewhat interesting is that whole like college acceptance thing. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go to a different school. Is that what it was again? I think so. Yeah. And Nancy wants them both to go to the same school to do the same thing and whatever. He didn't get in or something like that. I don't remember what it is. I can't. But, it was really only mentioned in like the first and last episodes. So I can't really remember what it was. But something like that where it was going to it seems like he and Nancy are going to kind of drift apart anyway, unless mm-hmm. they were going to do distance. Um, and clearly distance wasn't working for them. So I yeah. thought they were just going to break up at the end. And he yeah, was like, I mean, you it, know, it, you're going to this school and I'm going to do this thing. And, you know, I was just glad that we had this relationship. Well, last thing we're both better people because of it, but we won't stay together. So go have a good time with Steve. Yeah, I mean, it's it, and they're clearly still kind of rocky and everything. So, I mean, that'll come up next season and everything. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised that the season didn't end with them breaking up. Because they didn't really seem like they should be together anymore. No. Um, But yeah, Jonathan Byers, maybe a little wasted this season. With that said, you have uh, so many other characters in this show. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah um yeah i mean literally you had like mike who was like one of the main characters of season one was kind of sidelined in this Mm -hmm. season too it's kind of weird that argyle even had more to do than jonathan yeah argyle (laughs) did definitely do more than jonathan (laughs) and had more personality and accomplished more yeah (laughs) but uh yeah i mean that's what i would i guess i would say about that so yeah i could see that storyline also not as interesting but again I thought it was well written and I yeah, thought it all yeah. played together nicely and it wasn't like, oh, back to this plot line. Yeah. It was it's not it, like they all drove to <laughs> Canto Bite, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I, some people seem to feel that way about Russia, but even even though I was complaining about Russia, I was I was still never that way because I do enjoy Hopper and Joyce, and so even just watching them in a in a part that I wasn't as invested in was still enjoyable. The one thing I wish they would stop doing though is killing people off only to they're still alive, because <laughs> they've yeah. done that twice now with eleven from season one to season two. I mean, she might have been alive still or implied to be alive at the end of season one, but she did like disappear or something. Yeah, she and was then, implied to be alive. And then Hopper at the end of last season, he's just yeah. alive again now. I Yeah, I think I, I think Hopper's a bigger issue with that for me because I I mean, I do think that I mean, the Russia storyline didn't really contribute a lot overall to the like the overall plot, and I think like if if like Hopper had had that sacrifice and had like the other characters deal with that this season, it would have been probably just stronger from an emotional standpoint. Yeah, it's a choice they made. I don't know if that was what they were planning all along, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's a it's a creative choice they made. I thought it wasn't egregious or anything. I was fine yeah. with it, and I like David Harbour as that character, so I'm not going to hear me really complain about it. Um, just, I would like to just, if you kill somebody, just keep them dead. That's one of yeah. my <laughs> least favorite tropes. Because once somebody comes back from the dead, it's like, well, now anything can happen, and nothing means anything. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the meat and potatoes. We have not really touched like the main storyline in uh, uh, Hawkins at all. No. Which... I think is just in general the best storyline. Yes, it is. This dynamic battle with Vecna, aka number one, aka something else. Henry. Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Easily the best Stranger Things villain, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I am so glad they did not kill him off. That was my biggest worry. I was like, don't kill him off before the final <laughs> season. Um, yeah i think it's just so much better that you have like this intelligent humanoid antagonist i think that could communicate and Mm -hmm. i don't his motives still i'm like i don't you know it's like he thinks spiders are cool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know if i like that but i mean i just he was a pretty cool character nonetheless and he's intelligent and i like how he was kind of one step ahead of them Mm-hmm. And could see them. He's very intimidating uh, as a as a human, and also as Vecna. The, obviously, the practical makeup touched up with the CGI. I think for the most part looks good. Mm-hmm. I think around his like abdomen, there were parts where I was like, that just looks bad. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's for me. It's weird. He kind of it looks like, and it, the actor does not have this, but he kind of has like a dad bod. Like it kind of like the classic almost like almost beer belly kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's like his gut was hanging out a little bit or something. Yeah. But I like I in it's it's weird because if you look at the actor, the actor is just kind of this tall, lanky guy. So I think it is like the prosthetics doing mm-hmm. that and it might be on purpose. I don't know. But, it just looked weird. It looked yeah. it didn't match the rest of the design to me. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, I always think that whenever I see him because, like, the rest of it just looks very cool. Yeah, his um, head and shoulder area, that whole top. Apparently uh, takes, like, nine hours of prep to get in that. Yikes. 
So. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, just rather not. Um, but yeah, very very cool. Um, oh, I I do think it's <laughs> I think it's obvious that it's kind of like uh, retroactive planning or whatever. But I I like how the the shape of the mind flayer is like he f- shaped it and it was because of his thing for spiders mm-hmm. like. I, I'm hundred I'm ninety nine percent sure that wasn't planned from the start, but it's a cool little detail that I think fits and feels feels solid. Yeah. A lot of that where they'll like they do, they've done that throughout the show where they have something that kind of um I can't think of the word, but it um it it basically changes the way something was before and everything. Um, yeah, just retroactively works. Yes, yeah, retroactively. There's works. a lot with Vecna that does it. So I I don't know how much they had in mind. It seems like they're making this up as they go. I think they have a general direction for where they want to go. Yeah, but uh, I think Vecna is way too interesting of a character to not have. If you had planned for him not to have had him in earlier seasons, <laughs> so I think they're making him up. Um, but 100%. the fact that it works with number one, it works with the mind flare. There are mm-hmm. a bunch of other things that it just works with in the past that um, maybe it's luck. Maybe it was the plan all around, all along, good writing, a mix of all those things. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad Vecna was in the season. I'm glad he's sticking around because he was very interesting and entertaining to watch. The actor killed it. He's great. He should be in more things. Yeah, I, I I wonder, I mean, with 11 being number 11, I wonder if from the start they wanted, like, an earlier number to be a big player. Probably. I'm guessing that's why they did it the way they did, but I don't know if they exactly had this planned out. Now, what they had that one weird episode that looked like it was trying to set up a spinoff. Were those mm-hmm. kids numbered in that, or they just had I powers? Th- I don't remember because I think they did escape from the facility. So I get they probably did have numbers. I just don't know which numbers. I don't either. But uh, yeah, I really like that. Um, switching over to the protagonist side again, Steve Harrington. I he's definitely my favorite character. I don't oh yeah, know. he's he's yours as well. I like I you know I like Dustin too. <laughs> I like their dynamic, Steve and Dustin. But uh, I cannot believe Steve didn't die. You like, thought Steve was a goner, huh? I did. Well, I feel like last time we talked, you had said maybe he he would die. I think maybe you were leaning more on that side of things than I was. Um, but I thought with like the way, especially episode eight and even into episode nine, like his talk about his dream about having kids and all this. I'm oh like, oh yeah. My, I'm like, oh my god, he's going to die. And the love <laughs> like, triangle thing, and and you know, yeah. like John Jonathan's there too. So, I. Yeah, you would think one of them, like somehow the one of the relationship would break off with one of them, but it really didn't play out that way. I mean, I still, I think Steve giving a heroic sacrifice sacrifice next season is still a very big possibility. But I, I mean, I they were setting it up so hard that I was, I was, it was more of a twist to me that he didn't die, (laughs) like at that point by the end of the episode. Yeah, I do not remember saying that. I very well could have. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you did because I'm pretty sure I was on the other end of things, but I don't know. Perhaps. I So that brings us to another standout character of season four, which was Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised they killed off Eddie. I, d- yeah. I thought he was going to make it this season. So I guess you can't have like the two big heroic sacrifices 
at the same time, I don't think he his heroic sacrifice really did anything or was necessary because I'm like, no. they. I had no sense based on the episode that those bat things were at present danger to no. the people in the house, which I thought that would like, that was the one thing that really stood out to me as something that really should have been changed. Like someone should have said something and they should have figured out a way to, to make that better. Cause I was like, what is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) That whole sequence played out very strangely. Strangely. Um, Because it's like, I'm going to cut this rope so Dustin can't come back. Okay. Um, And then I'm just going to get on my bike for these things that can fly faster than I can ride my bike in an opposite direction and then they kind of form a tornado around him where earlier they had just been established to just swoop down and attack mm-hmm. so i thought he should have just died instantaneously yeah and then he didn't so i'm like oh well they're keeping him alive he's got plot armor and then he died anyway <laughs> i was like what and yeah it wasn't it, like the bats were like going back towards the house and they were almost there and he gets out and he has his guitar again it kind of and, feels yeah. It kind of feels like uh, Stranger Things in general. I think, <laughs> I think uh, Duffer Brothers and other people don't exactly aren't always aware of how their characters are going to take off, like in popularity. Um, because there's so many, like almost every season, they introduce a new character that then becomes a main cast member just because they became popular. I mean, you had like Robin last season. Um, you had Max and Erica from season two. I mean, Max was already a main cast member, I guess, but you had Erica, Steve from season one. Um, I mean, and so like Eddie was basically that for this season. And then I think they made the mistake of killing him off. Like, I just, I don't think they realized how popular and like loved he would be. Um, and, and he does fill a similar role to Steve in a lot of ways. So I guess maybe it would be a little hard to have both of them around and have them both be interesting. But I mean, it just sucks now because the town still hates him. Yeah, <laughs> like, a really sad ending. Like everybody just thinks everything was caused by him and he's a Satanist and all this stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then the scene with like Dustin and, and Eddie's uncle at the end is pretty sad. It's yeah, yeah that was very sad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just wish he had stayed alive. And I agree his his death seemed kind of pointless. I don't, yeah, I mean, you could kill him off, but, like, I just thought it the way it was done was the one thing I really thought was executed poorly in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's I, he, Like, that is, just like, the biggest complaint I have for the entire season four, sure. I would say. And, and I think that, I mean, otherwise, it's it's quite solid, and it's too bad that they didn't quite do this this good character justice. But he does have that awesome guitar solo scene that everyone loves. Yes. Uh, the Master of Puppets by Metallica. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun sequence. The most metal yeah. performance <laughs> of all time. Um, we So the, the Hawkins guys, uh, they get to throw fire on Vecna and everything. Um, it was really weird that both Robin and Nancy hit Vecna and then Steve has this axe and does not use it at all. <laughs> no, like I guess he kind of cut the some of the what do you call it, vines? Yeah, of, of whatever in the upside down 
but I was like, I was waiting for him to do something with that axe more That's, important. Yeah, especially like when they're like when Robin throws the Molotov and Nancy shoots him. I was like, okay, then Steve's going to come in with the final blow here with the axe or something. But no, I just Vecna falls out the window. <laughs> Why doesn't Steve hit him with the Molotov first? I don't know. There's two couple Molotovs. Yeah, I can't remember. Regardless, I just like he had been brandishing that axe for a while. I was like, hey, wouldn't the axe coming? Yeah. Underutilized. Too bad he doesn't have his too bad he doesn't have his baseball bat with nails in it from like season two or whatever. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the chainsaw in uh Army of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh yes, yeah, so we have that whole storyline. Robin was great, liked her talking to Nancy, uh, trying to figure out her sort of love life and her and and Steve try, like both can't like get like are both di- dying to be in a relationship but neither one of them is succeeding yeah <laughs> and then seeing Steve's face that he's just so happy for happy for Robin when she's kind of uh, gelling with Vicky at the end of the season jellying yes it's peanut butter and jelly they're making oh I thought you were gonna be like he's jealous oh no jelly-ing. but he was just he was just so um happy for them yeah which was that was that was just heartwarming and wholesome a lot of wholesome heartwarming stuff going on uh then of course (laughs) you have uh max and lucas yeah and their arc was also very good i would say one of the strongest points uh throughout the season was this arc between lucas and max and kind of the rekindling of their relationship and the uh, expression of feelings towards one another and helping each other kind of navigate and finding out who they are again after mm-hmm. losing themselves. And she's like, <laughs> feels so bad for Max. Like just everything happens to her. Um, and it's really unclear where she's left off at the end of the season. She's clearly not at least completely dead because um, they would have made a bigger deal about that. But I'm not convinced she's going to fully come back at all. Yeah, I don't know. I totally thought they had Gilder. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. Um, but then she's not dead again. So I'm like, what are, is this the third time we've done this now? Where it's like, okay, this character's died and I guess she's not dead. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird the way they do it because L just somehow kind of saves her. But she uses the ray force healing from the yeah, Skywalker. <laughs> that's I what guess. I thought of too. But at, at the same time, I I think the fact that they they so clearly leave it open, I'm like they they probably have a good reason for doing it this way. Like so, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not as upset about that kind of sacrifice, especially since I like Max. I like, like Max too, but. Uh, uh, God, as soon as Max is, as soon as Vecna started like breaking her arms and stuff, I'm like, oh, she's, she actually dead? Like, Jesus Christ. If nothing else, she's going to come back and be completely effed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, keep her alive or don't, but don't have it be like 10 to 15 minutes where you think she's dead. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, nope, she's in the hospital. Yeah. I don't know. It's like you literally had the scenes where they were grieving over her. Um, which, again, I, it is what it is at this point. I wish they would st- just stop doing it. Yeah. You know, it's like the Rise of Skywalker. Again, they're like J.J. J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, uh, yeah, there's, I saw some interview with the Duffer brothers where they kind of addressed the complaints that they never kill off any characters or I something. I saw this too. Yeah. The quote. Yeah. And they were basically just like, well, we're not Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is Hawkins, not Westeros. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, I, yeah, that's fine. I, you don't need to kill off people. Um, I'm not, and I, I'm not even necessarily like saying that for this season because i'm not either i'm just tired of the fake kill outs yeah yeah i agree someone's gonna die next season though they have to the final season there's no way it's not gonna happen be a bigger twist if it doesn't happen yeah all they did is kill off samwise Gamgee. yeah yeah and the the friendly russian guy from last season that people like alexi alexi and benny from the first episode the guy who own the diner oh yeah whatever <laughs> how do you and remember his name <laughs> i don't remember why uh and then papa yeah so okay um, um other- oh, we did we didn't mention i i okay so first of all the the sequence of like the the earthquakes happening and the portals opening that was like really tense it, the sound design for that was like really good and i was like oh sh- like, what's gonna happen here jason got ripped in half <laughs> well that's what i wanted to say i like i kind of laughed because it was just like this background thing my dad didn't even notice it happened like initially he was like yeah so what happened to the bully i'm like oh yeah well He's got ripped in half when that earthquake po- like ripped through him. I, a fitting end for a hole of a character. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I thought that whole sequence was really good. Uh, sets it up for. I'm, I'm just really interested to see how that feeds into next season. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they're gonna have the the upside down pouring out to the real world a lot more, and that'll that'll be interesting and those two realms will start to bleed into one another but yeah yeah uh, i guess one character we haven't really mentioned joyce byers um Mm -hmm. again that whole reunion with hopper was very nice they have good chemistry they start stripping down (laughs) like old (laughs) things are getting steamy in the in the church with the peanut butter (laughs) um but yeah, her dynamic with Murray was great all season mm-hmm. two, and and Yuri. Um, but I, I enjoyed it, and uh, again, I thought this was a fitting end to season four. I'm excited about season five. Yeah, yeah, looking, looking forward to it. The final season, probably a couple years away, I would imagine. I uh, so I wanted to uh, the, the Will prediction I had. I think Will's gonna get powers. Powers, huh? Yeah. Um, and what I was thinking about this, so one of the th- kind of plot things we didn't mention, so essentially L last season when she got her powers taken, that was like to help amplify uh, Vecna's powers. But the fact that Will still kind of has that like piece of the mind flare in him, I to me, I feel like that's set up because I it's it's not it's not going to be that much help like it was before right now it's not going to be able to be used as like a sensor or anything because I mean everything's just right there (laughs) it's not going to be that much help so my prediction is that somehow through that piece of the mind flare he's going to get powers and then that's going to be kind of his like like he's had it so bad all four seasons and now he's going to finally get this one thing we'll see we'll see um I'm about ready to move on, I think. 
from Stranger sure. Things since we've been on it for almost a half hour now. Yeah, geez. So I'm going to give it... A lot to say. I'm going to give the overall season a 9 out of 10. I think this was probably the second best season to season one. Yeah, I think I have to agree. I, it makes me want to re... I kind of want to rewatch it already. I won't for a while, but at some point I do want to rewatch the whole series. I'm going to... Yeah, I'll rewatch the whole series leading up to the final season, definitely. And then... Because I've seen only each season once. Mm-hmm. So and then I'll have a better idea of, of kind of my rankings. But and uh, I think... Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll give it a 9 out of 10 as well. I think an important thing that we didn't really mention is uh, seasons 1 through 3 kind of have a formula, and this one doesn't really follow it. I think part of that is with all the br- the different storylines, but felt probably like the most unique season since season 1. So yeah, liked it a lot. Even though it was adventurous, um, mm-hmm. it was also a lot heavier and yeah. more mature. And it's exciting to see where the the final season goes but speaking of finales holden we have the boys season three finale to discuss in a spoiler discussion spoilers holden spoilers spoilers i heard you this you time. heard me this time so if you have <laughs> not seen the season three finale of the boys we'll be spoiling that now uh after this little music bumper interlude So the boys also ended this week. Um, actually, today, um, less than 24 hours ago, mm-hmm. um, I watched it over my lunch break. Took probably a longer lunch than I should have, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I stayed late on Wednesday, so that's whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, so what what did you think of this finale of the boys? I've seen some uh, some mixed things online, but. A lot of the negative things I think are just like I don't agree with at all. But I guess it wasn't like as action packed as I thought it was gonna be. But I didn't I was not disappointed by anything, no. I would say. Um Yeah, no, I mean let's see, where the the episode starts off. What happens at the very I'm trying to remember where we begin. Is it black noir is um kind of getting ready and meeting with Homelander and all that. I'm trying to, where does the episode be? Maybe I need to pull up my. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pull it up too. I can't remember exactly where it starts. I just am kind of remembering the climax <laughs> right yeah. now. It's kind of the main <laughs> stuff I'm remembering. Um, yeah, that was the big part. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. We can, I mean, we can talk about Black Noir. That was a big part of the episode. Yeah. So, I mean, Black Noir, he's Homelander's basically one friend remaining. And uh, he he gets just gutted because um, he he knew that Homelander was the son, uh, at least biological son of uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, and he knew and he didn't say anything, even though he yeah. never says anything to anybody. <laughs> I think, okay, so that's probably the one aspect of the episode I'm more mixed on. Um, on one hand, it's classic boys fashion for like character development going one way or like certain things going one way and then they just ignore it. So like there's a lot of, the last episode had some setup for Black Noir and they basically just ignored it in this episode um, in a lot of ways. Um, 
I, I, I think I'm mixed on this because I just I don't feel like Black Noir did a lot in this whole series. Like I think he was funny. He had like one or two cool scenes, but in terms of overall contribution, I feel like he never really reached any potential. No, I agree with that. I would say I felt like there was more story to be told with that. I thought it was a more of a developing moment for Homelander than def- yeah. than Black Noir. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I liked him as the side gag too, because that's basically yeah. what he was for yeah. two two and a half seasons. Um, so they tried to flesh him out a little bit more, I suppose, because they wanted that moment for Homelander. So you know, I would say we got something. Could it have been maybe a little bit more interesting? Sure, but I mean, Homelander obviously takes priority and they wanted to kind of further isolate him. Yeah. Um, and they have done that. Uh, so this episode starts off, it's kind of scrubbing through here. You starts have with Homelander, Homelander visiting Mallory and talking to Ryan, um, and which is a great scene because you have him really empathizing with Ryan and saying, you know, Becca's death is not your fault. Mm-hmm. And that is what Ryan really just needed to hear from somebody. And Butcher said the exact opposite. Yeah. And what are the ramifications of that going to be? Because uh, obviously that has swayed Ryan significantly. Yeah. Uh, into Homelander's favor. Uh, so that I, I thought that was a great scene to, to start it off. Um, then you move into, you know, they release Queen, or they have to move Queen Maeve. She breaks out. Um, there's that whole stuff. And you got Homelander talking to uh, the Deep and Ashley, who are just two of the most, like, pathetic characters at this point. <laughs> just will do anything to get Homelander's approval. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I that whole conversation that Homelander has with those two and a train in this episode was fantastic. <laughs> it was so good because at that point they were like the only ones left pretty much at Vought that like were like on his side kind of and really it was only for their own gain. Like yeah. they they could care they just like are sucking up to him because they want to further themselves. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, you have that whole moment A-Train goes to his brother's house and tries to apologize to his brother. It's just like, F you, man. I don't <laughs> want anything to do with you. You've murdered people. Mm-hmm. Like, you have had an opportunity to grow, and you haven't every time. And every time you try to do the good thing, you just make things worse, which was pretty biting, you know, coming from his brother, someone who's very close to him. Mm-hmm. Another nice character moment is you have Butcher, who has just descended do- so deeply into this awful place like the most butchery he's ever been but he still can't quite you know can't quite drag Huey down all the way he knocks him out in that uh, I think it's a gas station uh, restroom mm-hmm. and locks him in there um, to to save him from taking another dose of the V24 which would be fatal but apparently not for like a year to a year and a half as we find out later in the episode. Uh, so again, Butcher, he seems so far gone, but you know, he seemed to reject that character arc, but it's still there just a little bit. He's mm-hmm. the, um, Huey is still his canary after all. And 
I like that moment too towards the end where Huey's thinking about taking the V24 and he wants to be the hero, but instead just helps Starlight be the hero. That was a nice, nice moment to complete Huey's arc for this season. Yeah. And I think yeah. we'll get more kind of standard Huey moving forward again, not yeah, the uh, power assessor. Um, skimming through here, you got Soldier Boy and kind of the disillusion with Soldier Boy. Um, with uh, let's see, going forward. Oh, and you had the whole part where the, they meet up in the Flatiron Building, and um, sorry, we're not to the disillusion of Soldier Boy yet. The the meet up <laughs> at the Flatiron Building where um, the Starlight and Huey and everybody's confronting Butcher and and Maeve telling them that look like the bot tower is 2000 people in there mm-hmm. can't just kill everybody um yeah great moment uh locking them into the the, the cell any yeah. any other things just stand out to you holding before the climax or outside the climax of this, this uh episode? i mean i i just think we get some of the best mave in this episode we get a lot more of her too than we have the rest of this season um so great stuff there um yeah, I I guess I don't have a ton before the climax. Um the the one thing I don't fully get I don't really get what they're doing with Frenchie in this episode. Like I, he was having like drug issues or something and it was because of like something that Nina had said before. I didn't fully get that i guess yeah so the whole arc with frenchie that nina kind of implied was that he is just kind of a dog on a leash and there's always someone pulling him and he just is obeys orders and he doesn't think for himself and he can't stand up for himself so then he's just like screw it i don't listen to butcher anymore i'm my own person i don't care i'm gonna do what i think is right and he has the whole plan about getting into the lab and and started making that stuff to kind of um, knock out mm-hmm. Soldier Boy. And everybody kind of is like, you know what? We're going to do it. Even though it's, you know, not the the greatest plan or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Frenchie's arc was probably the least interesting of the, of the season. Uh, yeah, I but have to agree. Overall. I th- I had enjoyed the season, and now we are getting to the climax where you had the showdown, mm-hmm. um, and it was a question of are they are, are Homelander and Soldier Boy gonna team up? And <laughs> they make it look like they are for a bit, but again, you really don't know what's gonna happen. Um, Homelander obviously wants it, and uh, Soldier Boy probably should have wanted it too. Uh, yeah probably i reckon but he just is like nope son you are (laughs) you are kind of a scared person who needs approval from other people (laughs) and you're just attention seeking and you have no self-esteem yeah i mean one of the things i really like about this climax especially towards the beginning is how just everyone is fighting each other (laughs) yeah like there's allegiances keep like shifting and it's 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 kind of chaotic like you don't really know who's on whose side at any point it becomes a little bit more uh like streamlined as it goes on but the way it starts it's like everyone's turning on each other and it's a lot of fun 
Yeah, which I I love that too. Because as soon as Ryan shows up, he's the wild card, mm-hmm. and Soldier Boy is about to just annihilate Ryan, and then Butcher again. You think he's so far gone, but he's still got that you know soft spot in his heart where he steps in and intervenes, and all of a sudden it's it's uh, Butcher versus Soldier Boy, mm-hmm. and but Queen Maeve is. And Homelander against it's like Homelander and Butcher against Soldier Boy, but then Queen Maeve is still set on killing Homelander, <laughs> and he's like, he's literally like, not now, Maeve. <laughs> he has just trying to pressure off, but Maeve was throwing punches in this yeah. episode. She was going toe to toe, and she was doing some damage. She was. She got him in the ear really well. Oh yeah, that. Ugh. Um, Can't believe that worked. Yeah, which that was great. Um, I I think it's kind of uh, I thought it was kind of fun that it takes place in like the the whole thing takes place in like the Vought newsroom or whatever, um, which has just been like this reoccurring thing. I mean, there was that whole like Vought news like web series leading up to this season. And oh like, yeah, so it's it's just been this reoccurring presence all season long, and here that's where it ends. It's a nice observation. Holden. Um, I will say though, it it did feel short. Like the whole climax is like thirteen minutes. I feel like, like all of them are that way though. Like I, I feel like season two and season one are, are very similar especially season one. Season one's is pretty short. Uh, might even be shorter than this one. I can't remember exactly how long, but yeah, I do. I, I do think this is the weakest season so far, but I still think it's a good season. Interesting. I actually, it might, it might be my favorite. <laughs> really, honestly. I, I just think having rewatched season one and two before this, I think there's just more, like, more specific events that I look forward to. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the episode where this happens, and this is the episode where this happens. I like a lot of moments in season three like you know the deep having to eat the octopus or all that mm-hmm. you know but i just like there there isn't as much i don't know it's it's not as uh i, I don't know i just think there's not as much ex, a big set piece action i think in this season see that's as how there I has feel- been in, in previous seasons that's how I feel about season two, honestly. Like every time I look back at season two, I'm like, oh, okay. There's the, like this scene here and there, and there's the the bit with the whale. That's fun. That's cool. Um, but I don't know. There's there's just a lot of like I just it's kind of a a mesh. It meshes together for me. And I mean, really, the most interesting thing in season two is like Liberty and that whole storyline. But a lot of the rest of it, I kind of forget about. How many times have you seen it? twice okay i would disagree with that because i thought it was like really good the second time i was like oh yeah i forgot how like much this builds on on each episode and how much there is to look forward to and how there's like a big action piece in every episode mm-hmm. whereas i thought this was just more set up for this finale that kind of just came and went i don't yeah, know like I, I like obviously they're like i they weren't going to have everything completely snap, but not that much happened. No, I, I, I do mean, agree Soldier Boy, it's, we have no idea what his status is alive, right? Yes. No, he got, sorry, he got captured and put back, right? Yeah, yeah, he's with Mallory. 
Yeah, so he's around and contained. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think, uh, kind of bringing this up with Stranger Things, but I think this this whole episode has just a very distinct lack of stakes because no one dies. Like, I mean, it, I think it's different with this, but from with this uh from stranger things because the boys is well known of like killing people off and i don't i don't want to be one of those people that needs people to die but i think with all the build-up we've had and the fact that we have two fake out deaths in this last climax it just seems like i i they should have killed mave i <laughs> well okay so at first i thought mave was dead and yeah. then here's my i guess my counter argument is is i don't I think this would be a mistake if they don't do this, but I think we will not see Maeve anymore. I think Maeve's storyline has concluded. She doesn't have powers. She's a normal person, and she gets her happily ever after storyline. She's finally able to mm-hmm. let go of everything. Yeah. Now, that's again, true. if we see, so like in a sense, that could be her character dying. Now, if we see Maeve, or if Maeve, you know, maybe a cameo, but whatever. If she plays like an important role from now on, I think that would be a mistake, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even though I really like Queen Maeve and I've said that often on the podcast many times. Yeah, I just thought um I don't know, I just yeah. This was the we- the weakest season for me just because it's like you had I felt like we're <laughs> we're right back where we started where Butcher's off the rails. Huey's kind of back to the same character. Starlight's the same character. I guess she's just not with Vought anymore. MM is the same character. Frenchie stands up for himself. Homelander's still crazy and wants his son to join him. Soldier Boy's still locked away somewhere. You know, it's like, did anything really change? And you even had, like, Victoria Newman kind of set up as the next big bad (laughs) again. Yeah, yeah. Which is exactly how season two ended. So I'm like, did did really that much change? I mean, Black Noir died. Mm -hmm. This kind of funny i mean you have ryan and everything i mean there there are some changes i kind of agree i i i think the season as a whole is good um i just think this is probably the weakest episode of the season in my opinion like and it's still good it's just i feel like this kind of squanders some of the potential that was previously set up I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just think I enjoyed this season a lot. I don't think the show like took a massive dip in quality, but it felt a little bit like, oh, we don't want Homelander to, Homelander to, keep, to completely snap yet. I'm just thinking like something should have happened with Soldier Boy and nothing happened with Soldier Boy. You know what I'm saying? Like Soldier Boy really didn't change the game at all. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, it's closer to what I predicted last episode. I just kind of figured he was going to, you know, die at some point. And he isn't dead, but I didn't really think he was much longer for the world. And that's okay, but I think he needed to, to change the game a little bit, and he didn't. I thought he was going to, you know, kind of throw, you know, toss the game board mm-hmm. and mess up what was happening. 
I don't know. I just I thought it was a missed opportunity, like you said. And um, so, I I saw a lot of this season as build up to this final episode that ultimately was good, but not as great as it could have been. So again, I figured, missed opportunity. I figured out the boys showrunner is the former creator of Supernatural, mm-hmm. uh, which I did not realize. Um, but and he was like the showrunner for the first five seasons. So like when the show was apparently good, I guess. Um, and that, that, makes, that one actor who plays Robert Singer plays uh, this character with the same name. <laughs> yeah, Robert Singer in this. And then, of course, you have uh, Soldier Boy played by the Dean Winchester actor. And there's I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned on the podcast, but there's a moment in like the episode after Soldier Boy is reintroduced where he's like wandering the streets and he like there's like clearly a shot where he like stares at Ro- the Robert Singer poster. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, OK, so yeah, that's a little wink and a nod for. And I think there's another actor in here that was also in Supernatural. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that whole Chekhov's gun with the Russian music didn't pay off at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, it might come into play later. It might just be introduced now, set up for later. Maybe. I don't know. It was, yeah, I, I, I think it was not as good as the other season. But again, I'll watch all three of them again before season four comes out. So. I probably will too, which means this will be like the, the fourth time I've seen season <laughs> one. <laughs> so Jesus good. Christ. It's so good, though. Um, yeah, I still like the show. I, I'm still looking forward to every season. But, uh, yeah, a little bit uh, disappointing, even though I thought the finale was still solid. Can't wait for Butcher to die in the next season or two. Yeah. This show cannot go on much longer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, they cannot, unless they just do something radically different or introduce something that is incredibly compelling but the show has built up that homelander is the big villain and you just cannot have him so close to completely losing it for so long like he's gonna have to snap at some point mm-hmm. yeah and in a lot of ways it seems like he has already snapped <laughs> yeah i mean I the mean, way this even season- the end of this episode he just lasers somebody who oh. throws something at ryan <laughs> That was crazy. I'm I'm interested to see that, how that changes the status quo for his like public image and stuff. And yeah, that'll be. That was probably that was probably the biggest moment of the episode for me, where I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, freaking Todd. Yeah. Jeez. The worst. I love the, there's a whole bunch of people on the internet that love the scene where MM punches him and keep replaying that. I'm like, yep. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Other little tidbits. Love that uh, Bob Singer is going to be the, likely going to be the next president of the U.S. in this show. And he is from Sioux Falls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was funny. So it'd be a pretty big weekend in Sioux Falls. I mean, we had, you know, Bob Singer, Victoria Newman, and Giancarlo Esposito in town, huh? Yeah, he's coming. And uh, also Dave from Alvin Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, wow. So everybody who is anybody's <laughs> here. And us. I think uh, I, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Uh, I don't know. I think his character named Robert Singer in Supernatural is also from Sioux Falls. <laughs> 
Oh, really? They're, yeah. So um, they're just the same character, I guess. Wow. And everybody's just, what's the fascination with Sioux Falls? Maybe the showrunner is... Big fan of that one movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> From like 2005. Yep. Interesting. Uh, anywho, um, also, I, how did, that was another twist. I was like, why did I not see the Victoria Newman vice president thing coming? Yeah. Yeah, that that seems really obvious. Even when like the deep killed off that guy, I was like, well, I mean, that's a big thing, but why did it happen? Yeah, the deep. <laughs> he's so, so, like, pathetic. he's so hilariously pathetic to watch. <laughs> he's just the most pathetic human of all time and such a horrible person, and he just has no idea that he is. <laughs> a train at least knows he's a crappy person the deep like genuinely thinks like he's a good guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is probably the funniest part of all of it and like his like ex-wife wrote like what is it in too deep or something oh yeah in too deep which is great that's like that that is the best title working on so many different levels there Um, but yeah, I think we should get moving because we haven't even talked about Thor yet, Holden. No, we are. This is another long episode. Season rating, eight out of ten for me. I think it's the weakest one. The other ones would be nine, nine and a half out of ten for me. I'm this gonna one's give this gonna a nine out of ten. All right, I might change my mind upon subsequent viewings, but I still love me the boys. Um, but we'll see. We shall see for the next season. Holden, let's dive into our non-spoiler non-spoiler review of Thor uh, Love and Thunder. All right, Thor Love and Thunder is come out and is the, obviously, the newest MCU film, the newest Thor film, newest Taika Waititi film, the newest of a lot of type of films and the newest um, divisive film in the MCU. Yeah, which um is interesting. Um so Eternals I I can understand why it was divisive. I mean, both of us liked it, um but it is quite a bit different. It is a lot slower. Um there are some messy elements to it, but I don't totally understand it with this. I don't okay so overall I like this movie I was entertained I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok but I don't totally get why people don't like it Um, there's certain things I do but I don't think it really deserves a lot of the hate that it's getting I don't know what did you think I like this movie too I mean I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok in a few years so Mm -hmm. I don't really remember (laughs) I, the parts I like and don't like about that. I just remember liking that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I can't compare it to that really. Um, so I haven't, so I, I watched the, the Jeremy Johns review, his non-spoiling spoiler reviews and his big thing. And the big thing in his comment section was just, they thought the humor was overdone, that it took away from the serious moments, which is not a new critique to the MCU no. by any means. I that was one that I that was the big thing for me at the beginning stage when I was anti Marvel, anti MCU. I was like, they're just all these things. They're just playing off for laughs. It's ruining it because I was like, I loved the first Iron Man. And I thought mm-hmm. it balanced that well. Whereas I thought 
the Avengers specifically, the first one, I was like, they're just like the Hulk picks up Loki and smashes him around. I'm like, that should like should be a a big serious moment, you know. And that's what I was kind of feeling back then. Um, and you know, I think that to some extent now, I just like my big difference with his opinion was like I just have a different perception of Thor. I get I do not care about the character at all. So <laughs> I think maybe that's the difference. Like I was expecting this movie and I guess a lot of fans were not. And they kind of saw it as a kind of a, a slap in the face to his character arc through it. Again, I haven't seen the first two Thor movies. I've only but, seen Ragnarok in this one and people like it goes against his character arc. It's kind of just making light of everything. It's almost like they kind of see it as like, uh, Luke Skywalker's arc in The Last Jedi, but for Thor? But I but, wouldn't necessarily... Th- there has to be other critiques to it, because um, what are the critics saying? Well, what I don't know. So, there? That that angle of it doesn't make any sense to me, because so people in general seem to like Thor the most since Ragnarok, which is when they kind of turned him into more of a silly character. Um, and then that's how he was in Infinity War and Endgame. Making light of his serious like things is not a new new angle for the character. I mean, he was Fat Thor in Endgame because he was depressed. Like <laughs> he failed to kill Thanos, so then he kind of he gained some weight and just be was in this depressive state. I don't think that was necessarily handled poorly, but it also was not handled in any serious way in that movie. Um, in Thor Ragnarok, you, he's dealing with like the loss of his father and everything. And so he's always having these things go on, but it's like, these movies are still silly. And the fact that these prior instances of him having this, these serious moments were not necessarily criticized as far as I can tell for that reason. And this one is, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I don't know. This just seems like a natural next thing for him. Yeah, I that I mean, I, I didn't think Thor was a different character in this movie, like some people did. Again, I haven't seen the first two movies. I've only seen him in the Avengers movies and in the Ragnarok and this. And it seemed consistent with me that he's, you know, he's responding to his, these bad things with humor. And people were like, well, that's not, tr-. like, people don't actually do that. I'm like, some people kind of do it's like humor is their way of deflecting and Mm. i think that is true for thor and also people don't react like people would in in movies all the time it's not that kind of movie it like if you're thinking this movie is going to be like grounded and gritty i'm like i i don't know what like did you see the trailer (laughs) like i don't (laughs) know what people were expecting yeah Um, and i thought Taika Waititi made the movie that he set out to make, and he did a darn good job at it. I think yeah. people just got something they didn't want. Yeah, um, and not that this movie doesn't have issues, mm-hmm. and not that I can't see why people would would not like certain things about it. But um, yeah, I th- I thought the yes, is it tonally clunky at times? Sure, I think so. Are there things that played for laughs that maybe shouldn't have? Sure. Is it kind of seem a little bit all over the place with the plot? Sure. But uh, I thought it was a, just a good time. Good, yeah. s- silly, fun. 
MCU movie. I enjoyed it way more than I enjoyed Doctor Strange, if I'm going to be honest. Um, not that I didn't enjoy Doctor Strange, but I thought this was a better movie. Yeah, it was It was certainly just a, a fun ride. Um, but, yeah, I... That I just that argument of like Thor, I just not being handled seriously. I mean, there are like serious moments in this too that there aren't jokes. So I don't, I don't know. That's that argument still doesn't make any sense to me because it it doesn't seem any more or less jokey than like other Marvel movies. And a lot of these other Marvel movies aren't as criticized for that as this is. So strange, whatever. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of a lot of those things. Uh, what people seem to be liking is gore. Uh, Christian Bale did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have issues with that character, and uh, mainly just the lack of that character in this movie. I thought mm-hmm. he he is in it enough. Like he's in it. Like you get a sense for his character. It's not like he's completely underutilized. But I just would have liked to have seen more, particularly yeah. him in in uh action of what he is you know supposed to do best because a lot of it is just kind of implied or has already happened yeah for being a god butcher he doesn't really butcher that many gods on screen in this movie yeah there's a certain character in this that we had predicted would be killed by gore um before because we're like okay well this would be the perfect setup for that and it didn't happen and i feel like if that had happened how we predicted that would have been like a better like uh, a good scene for like what you're talking about yeah i just uh, yeah uh underutilized i thought um mm-hmm. would have liked to have seen more he's a, a interesting character um it was interesting how the movie like just opens up with him yeah cold open uh mm-hmm. with uh gore the god butcher and uh for the most part well done i think yeah um yes other things to talk about this, obviously we have uh, Mighty Thor, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman playing Jane Foster. Um, not going to spoil anything. Jane Foster comes into the uh, the the Thor kind of... Her paths cross with Thor. Her paths, path crosses with Thor's path. Um, and they have to go on this adventure together. Um, wh- what did you think of Jane Foster in this movie? Uh, I mean, it's the best Jane Foster has been Uh, in the first two movies. She's not a particularly interesting character, um, aside from the fact that she is kind of who shows Thor like humanity and gets him to be more a little a little more humble and all of that. But I mean, I think she's done pretty well in this, especially considering the fact that she was completely absent from Ragnarok, basically because Natalie Portman didn't want to do it. They had to like write her out of the out of the series. Um, so kind of them like retroactively going back and and showing maybe more of their relationship was good. And um, she's still not like the most compelling character but i think it's the best she's been and natalie portman does does a good job so yeah i thought she was a nice addition to it got to explore thor uh and his emotional his emotions his maturity i thought he grew in this movie um some people like to think that he kind of was grew right back to where he had grown in earlier thor movies but okay i don't again i haven't seen him um 
Taika Waititi as Korg, I thought was great. His comedic yep. delivery was fantastic, as it almost always is. Taika Waititi seems to work best in movies that he writes. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. I thought this movie was funny for the most part. There were a few moments where I did like just laugh out loud. Yeah. And it's amusing throughout. Um, you have not your, all, Yeah. Not you all the jokes land. No. Um, but I mean, that's for any Marvel movie. I think kind of like Ragnarok, this probably has a higher hit to not hit ratio than uh, most of them. But yeah, I think overall the humor is very funny. Yeah. Uh, again, I have issues with this movie, but uh, overall, I think it was a really fun time. And I was not disappointed at all by it, like a lot of people were. No. Oh, so. Not exactly sure what people were expecting. I guess maybe since Thor is like has been a central MCU character, maybe they were hoping for more, you know, MCU build up stuff, which I do think is I mean, we mention every time we watch a new MCU thing, they they need to start setting that up more because we don't really know what's happening overall. But I think as on its own as a movie, it's it's pretty solid. Oh, that is a great thing to bring up because uh, this movie does not make sense at all in the MCU. <laughs> it's like it, it oh, introduces yeah. <laughs> all these things that just break the MCU. If you look too closely at them, like, oh, why wouldn't they have done that before? Why wouldn't if Thor have done this? Why wouldn't they have looked for this thing? Where were all these people when this was happening? But uh, I don't really care. No, all it's that something much about that's that. going to just keep happening. I mean, it, they obviously Marvel has not had ev- absolutely everything planned out since the first Iron Man movie and. I mean, when you keep just introducing new things or making up, like, or finding new things in the comics to bring in that, I mean, uh, comics contradict themselves all the time. So I don't, it's just something that people are going to have to get over. <laughs> Once you're 30 movies in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bound to start happening. But uh, yeah, uh, as for music soundtrack, very good score, mm-hmm. suitable. I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't really stand out too much to me. Visually, the most interesting Marvel movie in a while, I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, nice stylistic choices that I think complement the movie very well. And I, I think, think it was a, a lot of the times it was fun to look at and good action, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think just Taika has a really good eye for what he, like for making these movies visually interesting because Ragnarok was also that way. It was also just very vibrant, lots of neon and everything. And this was visually different or visually interesting in a different way. Um, But I think his Marvel movies are probably in terms of especially color and everything, probably the best Marvel has looked. He's very vibrant. It's not Mm -hmm. the dull Marvel that we got in earlier phases. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, Holden, I think that's all I'm going to offer up in the non-spoiler review to keep things rolling here before my rating. Anything else you want to add? Uh, No. No, I think I'm good. Uh, We can give our ratings. I am going to go 8 out of 10. Sure. Uh, I think I'll go 7.5. Yeah, I liked this one quite a bit. I think I may have given uh, Doctor Strange a similar score. Um, I probably probably like both about equal equally at least out of enjoyment but yeah it's a very fun movie all right let's dive into our spoiler review of thor love and thunder 
All right, so Thor, Love and Thunder spoilers. Um, where should we start with this one? I guess we can start towards, uh, we can start at the beginning. Um, yeah, the We mentioned the opening scene with Gore. Um, he, it's his kind of backstory where he's from a planet that gods don't care about him, wiped out everyone, and then his daughter dies. So he's like, you know what, you gods, not very good. Yeah, well, he, he meets the, that, that god that he was praying to, and that god's like, yeah, I don't really care about you, even though you've <laughs> dedicated your entire life to me, and you're, all your people have died, everybody you know and loved has died, mm-hmm. and you've dedicated your life to this cause. I don't really care. I'll get new followers. Um, basically, whatever, you can die. What I'll, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, yeah, I so think that... I think his that, revenge. I think that god is played by one of the main characters from what we do in the shadows the movie i was Um, one i was like i don't know who this is but i'm sure there's someone connected to somebody (laughs) yeah i think because i saw that he was in the movie and i didn't recognize the character's name but he kind of looking back at it i think that's who it is so interesting um but then you have uh thor and at the beginning of the movie he's with the guardians of the galaxy and I get the complaint that's like, well, it's like they should have had a just Guardians of the Galaxy movie, movie with Thor and whatever, and that probably what they are setting up. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they were trying to set up a movie where Thor was just hanging them out with them for one act and then he leaves. <laughs> I don't think that's what Marvel had in mind, but you know, Taika does what he wants. He's been established enough to to get his get his way with things, and rightly so, I think. Yeah, um, but I thought I, really, I, I, oh. I thought it worked. I mm-hmm. I wasn't bothered by it. Yeah, no, I, I liked mean, how I, he interacted with the guardians. I thought it it worked with his character, and it was fun. It was cosmic. He had all those different cultures and whatnot. Yeah, and very like creative, different alien designs and all of that. Um, yeah, I I think if people complain about the guardians being in this i think one of the common things is oh well it makes it feel less like a direct thor sequel or anything but i don't know man you're in the mc <laughs> like i i feel like at this point that complaint is just so irrelevant and if you feel that way about like all these things being so interconnected you've probably already dropped off or you should drop off if that's like your main complaint but. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think they stole the limelight at all. I mean, they hardly no. talked, and they were hardly in it, so I thought it was fine. I'm not even sure Drax had, like, a single line aside from, like, just yelling. <laughs> 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 and he's usually one of the one of the talkative ones. Yeah, it was mainly uh, Peter, Quill, and Raccoon. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was fine, uh, Their their contribution... And I liked how they were just trying to get rid of him. <laughs> and Thor's like, I know, you know, it's going to be tough to, to see me go, but you guys can endure oh. and all that. You guys can take this ship as a parting gift. <laughs> yep. Um, then he goes back to New Asgard. And uh, oh, before uh, that, sh- should we oh, mention, should we mention the goats? Yeah, I was thinking we could mention the goats. Would you okay? So I there's a lot of people that really don't think the goats are funny, but I there are some points where I was like, it was more of just whatever to me. But there are like 
there's some like really good comedic timing with the goats because like as like on their own i don't think like screaming goats are like that funny of a concept but there's just like certain like editing like like it'll just like quickly change to like a different scene and then like the goats are immediately screaming or something i'm like okay that's pretty funny and a lot of it's due to that editing uh, and then later on, when they crash into the planet, like, that was the, the best g- bit. I thought was that when they was. crash into the planet. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I overall I think the goats were pretty entertaining. I think they were entertaining. I also think they were overdone. Yeah, I would say like uh, it was like okay. Um, it didn't drive me crazy though, because again, I don't really care about sure. Thor all that much. But uh, I had a fun time. Um. Yeah, I, I thought that was nice. And then other people are upset that Mjolnir goes to Jane Foster and she has cancer. I thought the cancer jokes were <laughs> not funny. I, I, don't, I, I thought they just didn't fit the movie when she's like stage four of how many? It's like four. It's like you're, a, you're like an astrophysicist. I think you should know that one. Like, well, yeah, and I think that's probably the one point where I can agree that that it's like tonally just doesn't work because I mean the rest of the movie treats the cancer as like a pretty serious impending thing, but then like in, when it's first introduced, it's just like joked about. It is. It's and it's one thing if like Thor was to joke about it because it he's kind of dumb. Yeah, but Jane is has like a phd so it's like um i i don't know it just didn't match the vibe yeah um so and, uh, and she's like messing around with the chemo bag and stuff i was like eh, this isn't working for me i i think another thing that is kind of too glossed over in this is the reason i mean it is the reason why Mjolnir goes to Jane. I don't have a problem that why, that it goes to Jane, like, in and of itself, but I just don't think it's, like, explained as to why. She just kind of, like, approaches it, and then it reassembles, and it goes to her. Yeah, so I, and then I, I thought it was weird that it, like, it has it's like she's dying from it. It's, like, not... It's lessening her chances of fighting the cancer which is like that's weird i was, i don't i'm not I don't sure know. i have a problem with that because it's kind of just like i mean it's like any sort of medicine kind of thing where if your body becomes too dependent on it then it'll just like stop fighting whatever the medicine's fighting so that's whatever to me i guess um that is what that is um a lot of people I saw we're having issues with the whole love triangle between Thor and his weapons. What what was <laughs> that, your what's your take on it, Holden? That didn't bother me. I mean, it it's it's a personification that we haven't really got before, so I guess from that angle it is kind of jarring and new, but I don't know, it's it's whatever. I don't think it really affected the plot that much and I thought the jokes were okay for the most part. I thought, you know, those were some of the funnier bits, honestly, was when Stormbringer was coming around. Yeah, it just comes in from the right side of the screen. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I can see why people, who, if you're, like, a lifelong fan of Thor and that's happening and might come off as a little bit like the people making this aren't taking the character as seriously. 
So I can see why people who love Thor don't like that aspect of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it it kind of works and kind of eh, I think it's a natural like progression in a way because I mean he just got like Stormbreaker and everything. I mean, relative to the universe, he just got Stormbreaker and he's had Mjolnir probably his whole life about. So obviously he has this longer attachment to Mjolnir, and now that that weapon is back, yeah, I don't know. I think it works. It's fine to me. Um, the personification of the weapons, whatever, um, mm-hmm. didn't bother me. But I could see why it could bother other people. Um, other things we should mention: Gore, the God Killer. I think he kills one God on screen at the very <laughs> beginning. I don't think he kills anybody else on screen. It's just alluded yeah. to, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, which is just a missed opportunity. I mean he had like i mean he had the perfect oper- the perfect chance or the the story had the perfect chance with zeus um and don't get me wrong i think russell crowe as zeus is very funny um especially his accent very funny <laughs> <laughs> um and if in the fact that at the end of the movie it seems like he survives we might be seeing more of him that's cool or whatever but yeah i think gore should have just killed him and i felt like that's where everything would have been building towards but i don't know yeah yeah you would think that like maybe the zeus is afraid of this god butcher coming for uh um omnipotentia or something whatever it was called um you would think that Zeus would be afraid of that and maybe he, you know, recruits certain gods and they keep dying and then he gets to Thor. But I don't know. It is, that was a thing that, okay, I would have liked to see him, like he didn't even need to build up to him killing Zeus. Just show me actually having, show me where he's in action. Yeah. Kill some gods already. Um, kill a, kill the kill the moon god from Moon Knight. That would have been really funny. <laughs> Conchu. Yeah, Conchu. Yeah, where was Conchu, man? Yeah, missed opportunity. We saw some Celestials, didn't see Conchu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other things about this movie. So that was my big thing with Gort. It's like, I just would have liked to have seen him more. He had those shadow monsters. All mm-hmm. right. I just liked to, my favorite parts with him was when he was just doing his monologues and carrying his sword i liked it when it would like levitate up to his hands that was cool that was pretty cool it's a cool sword it's a cool design i honestly i thought it worked his eyes that whole sequence um in the shadow realm mm-hmm. where it's black and white but then there's some pops of color from mjolnir and stormbreaker and the the zeus's lightning bolt mm-hmm. or thunderbolt or whatever this official title is and then the eyes of gore yeah, no, that whole sequence, that's probably the most visually, I mean, the most visually interesting part of the movie, um, for sure. But I really liked that. I, it, we, you kind of saw glimpses of that in the trailer, and that was probably the part I was most excited for, and it paid off. Yeah, I and I liked the hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. more than, not the hand-to-hand, I guess, but sword fighting, I guess. Sword slash. Yeah, looked pretty good. Space axe fighting was cool. Um we haven't mentioned the kids at all. So the kids are, are kidnapped from mm-hmm. uh, New Asgard. 
and he Thor kind of does that thing with the uh, is it uh, Idris Elba's son, <laughs> I guess the character. Is that who that character yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Heimdall's son. Heimdall's Axel. Son. Yeah. Um, so I thought those scenes were fine. Yeah, I like some... Thor talking to the kids <laughs> and just like not knowing how to comfort them. That was pretty fun. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. And um, let me see. I'm thinking through everything that happens. Getting to the climax. Uh, so the, we have one thing we haven't touched on upon is this idea of going to eternity mm-hmm. and then you just get, you open the gates of eternity and then you get one wish. Whoever gets there first gets to make the one wish. Okay. Where was, <laughs> where was that <laughs> for all this time? Uh, yeah, it would have been, that would have been easier for Thanos than getting the infinity stones. You would think so. <laughs> Like, I mean, I know you have to get the Bifrost uh, to, like, open it or whatever, but I don't know. I mean, Thanos on his own, even without all the stones, is pretty strong. And I feel like he could have just, like, knocked out Thor and taken Mjolnir or something. Yeah. Um, So that was pretty weird. Uh, And then you had Thor, like, giving all the kids the powers. And then the kids fought. That was also kind of weird. Yeah, that wasn't really fight. properly built up to. I don't even mind that the kids were fighting, but I didn't really understand how that power worked. It's like if he could have just always give his power to people, why wouldn't he have done that other yeah. times in the MCU? Yeah, exactly. Again, I don't care as much about all those <laughs> plot holes and stuff. Um, not well, that okay. it's not that it's illegitimate to to think about those things because they they are advertising it as a connected universe, so uh, should be fairly consistent. Slight backtrack while I'm thinking of it. At what point does Thor's hammer shatter again in Endgame? I do not remember. Okay, because I like because captain america that's that's like the big thing in that movie he gets it so it's like reformed by that point i was trying to remember if it like shatters again or what i don't know it's a good question i do not recall sure someone knows or maybe it's just a plot hole does thanos (laughs) break it that's what i was wondering maybe somehow he breaks it or something i don't know (laughs) that would be funny if it was just somehow got pro- Thor just dropped it on it yeah it shattered I kind of liked uh the the fact that it had been shattered and it could be used as like this yeah like, shotgun thing yeah the shotgun it's like the different types of control and you know, control you have the yeah, one gun that yeah. can be different things uh, yeah that was kind of fun um anywho he's a dad at the end isn't he Holden he sure is and he looks like he'll be a good dad. Yeah, I'm excited for Thor, dad. Yeah, I think, I I, I mean, I think that's a nat, I, I don't even think he ends up in the same place he has before, because I think a lot of this movie is him trying to find purpose post, like, in, end game and everything, after the Avengers have broken up and he's defeated the seemingly, you know, galactic threat. Um, he's kind of redeemed, redeemed himself from Infinity War already. But now he's like, what do I do? And now he's like, oh, I've got a daughter, adopted daughter. Cool. Love and thunder. 
Loving is thunder. she using Stormbreaker and he's using the Thunderbolt? Is that what happened? I can't remember now. I can't remember. I actually thought he was using Mjolnir, but I don't think that would make sense. Cause no, Mjolnir got destroyed. Yeah, so maybe it was the Thunderbolt. Yeah. Which were pretty cool, too. Wait, no, Mjolnir's still around because Love drew the, the face on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I think he is using Mjolnir. That's right, I think. Yeah. Boy. Saw this <laughs> movie yesterday. <laughs> There's a, a lot happens in this movie. It's pretty brisk. Yeah, honestly. it's under two hours total. Which a lot of stuff happens in that two hours. Um, post credits, Holden. First off, Jane Foster gets to Valhalla. That's she sweet. sees Idris Elba's character, who I can never remember. Heimdall. Heimdall. Very good. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, this is cute. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think that's like setting up for them ever coming back. Because no. Valhalla definitely just seems like it's completely out of reach, even in this like world where Asgard can be reached and everything. But it was a nice little. Yeah, she reached Valhalla, especially since that had been a, a constant, you know, motif. I guess throughout, like everyone's talking about dying and going to Valhalla, and there we go. Jane's there. Yep. Very nice. Uh, then the other one, Holden, Zeus is still alive, even though he got a lightning bolt through the chest <laughs> and fell 80 feet. Yeah, however far. That was a surprising moment. I was like, whoa, did he just off Zeus? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was not expecting that. Um, but he's alive, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to have Hercules go kill Thor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hercules is played by, uh, I forget the actor's name, but Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Uh, Let me see if I can find. Brett Goldstein is his name. And he's in a few things, it looks like, but mainly just Ted Lasso is what he's known for, Um, which is very good in Ted Lasso. Do you think he'd make a good Hercules? He's he's good at playing someone who is eternally angry. So okay. <laughs> uh, if Hercules has a grudge in this, that would be great. Um, but that was very surprising. I did not expect to see him in this uh, in this movie because Ted Lasso is kind of he like co-created that, I believe. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, Thor five, I guess. Right, unless it. Maybe yeah, it's like I mean, eternal. I feel something. like it's building up to another standalone movie because having Hercules just kind of come in in a random crossover doesn't seem quite right. So I don't know. I'm interested. Um, we didn't really mention Valkyrie at all. Um, she's good. I like Tessa Thompson a lot, so always fun seeing her and stuff. But yeah, yeah, she kind of pulls a kind of pulls a toby Maguire in no way home and gets stabbed but then it's just okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think we should probably wrap this up holden so we can get going yeah i agree all right anything else to say before we officially go into our last segment no i think we're good all right holden what are you doing what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy. So um, this week, 
I mean, I guess it's only been like five days since, <laughs> since we last talked. Um, but I've really only had time to watch one movie, and that was Les Mis, Les Miserables. Mm. And the musical, the film adaptation of the musical, directed by Tom Hooper, um, who directed Cats <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> um, but this was back when people liked him, because he made the King's Speech, he made this, both nominated for Best Picture. But I think this movie kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> and I think it really is only saved by the fact that the musical itself is like pretty good, pretty well-liked and well-written. But, I mean, I have issues with the movie itself. I think it's just shot pretty poorly. doesn't make a lot of sense. I think some of the casting was off. Russell Crowe, we just talked about, does not fit this movie, especially in terms of singing. Um but I also just, I, I don't know if it's like the actual original, you know, old story or if it's just from the musical, but there's certain bits of the story that I really don't like. So I don't know, maybe I'll have to watch it on stage sometime and suffer through that three hours or whatever <laughs> um, to compare it. But um, I've seen it live. Yeah, it's really long, right? And it's very long. Yep. <laughs> the music's good, but yeah, it's too long. Yeah, the music's by far the best part of it. Um, Hugh Jackman's good in the movie. I mean, he's good in everything, so not a surprise. Um, but yeah, uh, aside from that, been watching Better Call Saul about halfway through season five. Um, and maybe yeah. we'll have to maybe we'll give you two weeks, Holden, so then we can review the first two episodes of the second half. Yeah, episode. well, I was. We'll talk about it in a bit. I don't. Know, what are we doing? Are we gonna do an episode in a week? I think we might have to take a gap week because I don't think anything's coming out. Because I believe the Gray Man re it comes out theatrically, but then it comes out on Netflix two weeks from now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine then. Jimmy will be gone. We'll take another gap week, and this is a two-hour episode to carry you over. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um. But yeah, uh, then aside from that, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Pretty, pretty fun. Um, oh, yeah. Haven't, haven't, not too much has changed in that right yet, but. Are you in on the first segment? First part yeah. of the stuff? Okay. I'm just like scouring that. I'm probably going to complete that before I move on, honestly. I did, I believe. Yeah. Um,. But, yeah, I think that's it for me, Jimmy. Uh, what about you? Well, been watching more Breaking Bad halfway, a little bit more than halfway through the final season. It's so good. I don't remember a lot of it, so it's like almost like watching it for the first time, except I know how it ends. <laughs> Certain character arcs, anyway. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very, very good. It's very fun to watch, especially... Uh, leading up to the return of Better Call Saul on Monday, July 11th. Looking forward to that. Nice. Um, otherwise, Holden, playing more Shadow of War. Enjoying that. Uh, almost done with that, I believe. Having a good time. And then Emily and I started watching uh, an HBO documentary miniseries that was recommended to us by a cousin of mine, Nick he uh, suggested that we watch this HBO docuseries called McMillions uh, about these people in like the late 90s and 2000s who I guess rigged the Monopoly game at McDonald's and they like got all the prizes. 
and uh, they were really sneaky about it. And uh, it's very interesting. One of the two uh, kind of main agents on the case is like very, very entertaining. He is a character and uh, definitely makes it uh, a fascinating story, uh, even more so in just the way it's told because he is a master storyteller and you can just tell that he's a guy that you just want to hear him talk all day because he's, he's just very fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. So we've only watched the first episode. There are six. Um, otherwise, hold on. We have actually watched another thing that I just remembered. The Tinder Swindler. Oh, yeah. Tinder mm-hmm. Swindler on Netflix. I think it's about an hour, 45-minute documentary. Also very wild, interesting, worth a watch if you have Netflix. I'd recommend it. If you're in the mood for some crazy true crime that doesn't have any like violence in it. Um, so yeah, there we go. I think that's all I have done this week, Holden, outside of Stranger Things, The Boys, and Thor. So you can take us home. Sweet. All right. So yeah, next week, I think we will take a gap week. Um, we will come back. We'll be start doing Better Call Saul on a weekly basis. Um, this is very good. That'll give me a little more time to catch up. Yeah. I can certainly catch up by the time <laughs> we do the first two episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by uh, emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, yeah, I wish Jimmy a very, very fun honeymoon. Thank you very much, Holden. When does Miss Marvel wrap up too? I think next week is the last episode. Huh. So people I haven't watched are, this week's episode yet. People so are liking it, I've heard. What? Said I heard people are liking it. Yeah, yeah. I think people in general seem to like it. So um yeah, and we'll probably talk about that at some point as well. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh otherwise, yeah. See us in a couple weeks for The Gray Man on Netflix and uh, Better Call Saul episodes 8 and 9 of the final season. Uh, With that being said, adios pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. (laughs)